Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney, and I'm super excited today for who's visiting with us here in the studio. I am so proud to welcome my friend, my colleague for over 20 years, probably closer to 25 at this point, and someone who I just look up to as a leader, as a mother, as a just badass person in general. Blanca Wingfield is here. <laughs> Yay! 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 Just so you know a little bit about Blanca, not only has she worked with us at the leadership program for years and years and years, but she also, uh, she went to Howard, she went to Stony Brook. She comes from the sciences and also from the world of hospitality. She's also served on boards. She's a great advocate for young people, as well as just someone who has become a really great mentor, advocate, and coach of others. And so I am invited her today to talk about those three topics, because we get lots of questions of like, should I have a mentor? What's the difference between an advocate? When do I need a coach? And because Blanca does so much of this work, whether it's formally or informally, I thought I'd invite her to kind of talk about her thoughts about it and um, some of the conversations that she's had with folks over the past, especially over the past year. So welcome, Blanca. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've been waiting on my turn, Christine. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Now I'm going to get you all the time. So, and also Blanca is from Atlanta, lived in Brooklyn for years and now back in the Atlanta area. So it's nice to see her even virtually. So Blanca. Talk to me a little bit about your journey into this idea of kind of defining those areas of mentor, advocate, and coach. Like what got you here? What, why, why now are you talking, you find yourself talking about it so much, you think? It's so interesting. It's one of those things that I have never done purposefully for myself. They've always kind of come very, very organically, whether it was when I was playing soccer, I happened to have the same soccer coach who also made us run cross country. You had to do both those things. You're from the South. You understand this. So we had to do, if you were going to play soccer, which was the big deal, you had to run cross country. And so that coach was one who really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Like I didn't think of myself as a runner, but you know, if you play soccer and I'd formerly been a gymnast, those kinds of things are kind of intermeshed. And he was the first person that kind of gave me that idea of like, you can do more than this. You only think of yourself in this way, but you can do more than that. And so that was very early on, very young, like ninth or 10th grade, but it didn't sink in in any way, shape or form that that was a mentor, that he was grooming something in me or doing something. And then the same thing with my next door neighbor, my mom grew up very rural picked cotton, you know, throughout high school. So she didn't know all the finer things in life, like how to set a table, any of those things. So she had a next door neighbor who was a housewife and just knew everything. So my mom sent me next door to this woman who taught me all of the finer things in life, in air quotes, how to set a table, which glasses to drink out of, what shoes to wear, 
which color stockings to wear. This tells you how old I am. All of those things, which are hilarious, you know, Um, but it was the exact same thing with her. She was kind of an undercover mentor. I didn't know that the lessons that she was giving me on a regular basis were ones that would make a difference in my life. And so from there, it just kind of kept growing. I would find people in my life that were extremely pivotal in helping me get from one space to the next. And I didn't realize who those people were or what they were called at that time. Also, I had another teacher, my science teacher. I went to a regular high school and then I went to a science offsite called Fernbank Science Center. And I was always great at science, but I didn't know anything about scientific careers in my mind. You're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a dentist, a nurse, a lab technician of some sort. I had no idea that there were researchers, people who did this on a much in-depth level, people who came up with the medicines. No idea. And she was one of my first coaches. She was a person who's like, okay, you're interested in this. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Come back to me. You want to apply to this school? Do this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's how I got moved kind of in that direction. So there've always been a lot of people in my life who were assisting me in my mind behind the scenes and also very organically, but I didn't have a real name for them. And now that I know what it is, that's something that I look to impart on others. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think our generation, that's so true. We were going along, like you say, organically and finding these people, hopefully, along the way. I think one of the things that's interesting to me in the workforce now, the newer generations look for it and they know how to call it and they're specifically asking for it. I know other CEOs that I talk to all the time that are saying to me constantly, like my younger employees are really wanting coaches, are really wanting mentorship programs. And the CEOs are trying to catch up to it. We're trying to catch up to yeah. it. So thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people think, oh, wait, should I already know this? And then the young people are like, what's going on? Why is this such a right. foreign concept? <laughs> so um, I know that you've spoken to a lot of young people who are in the workplace. And what are you finding? Like, do they need overall? Are there any, how would you define the difference? Maybe first for our audience, the difference between mentor advocate and coach, because that may give us a basis to start. Sure. I think of a mentor in general as a person who in air quotes has your back. That's the person you can go to. You can cry on their shoulder. They're going to assist you and give you help. But normally it's in kind of like a yes and way. Yes, yes, yes. I understand that. And this is a thing that I think you can do. So they're usually there to give you help, but in a very confined, more friendly way. They will tell you no. They will tell you that. I don't think that's a great idea for you, but I think you should do this, that, or the other. And they may or may not come back to you and ask what happened, but generally they're there for an ear, or a shoulder to cry on and to boost you up in times. That's really how I think of a mentor. And that's why it's always been usually more casual. Then people started making it a more formal thing. Like I've got to go out and find a mentor in my field. And it's kind of a similar thing. Someone who could have coffee with and talk to them about, this is what's going on with me at work. What do you think? Oh, I think this. Oh, I think that. Oh, this happened to me. And that's great. So that in my mind's a mentor. Then you ratchet it up a notch and you have a coach. That's literally like football. You say, hey, what do I want to do? I want to make a touchdown. 
here's how you make a touchdown. I'm going to train you in how to make a touchdown. I'm also going to tell you what to do to go out there and do that. And then I'm going to hold you accountable if you did not make the touchdown. And if you did, I'm going to praise you and then teach you how to take it up a notch to make more touchdowns. That's like a real coach when you think of it in, um, you know, in the worst, best sports metaphor. But they're the ones who are actually training you, giving you skills and holding you accountable and also praising you in a specific way that drives you forward. Where a mentor may praise you and like, a, go girl, you did that. All right. You know, team you, you're a rock star. The coach is going to say, that was amazing. What we have to do next to move you to the next level is this, or that was amazing. You really listened and applied this skill or this thing that we talked about. So like, that's a coach. The other one, an advocate, some people call it a sponsor. Some people call it a cheerleader. Any of those things is a person that you also need, or I believe you also need, that is a person who is, as I like to say, they speak for you when you're not in the room. So they're the person, they're kind of like a mentor. They know all the stuff about you. They know how great you are. They're on, you know, Team Christine. And then when I go to a conference, that's Christine sells tennis rackets. I go to a tennis conference. Christine can't be there. Someone goes, you know, I need tennis rackets. You know what? I have the perfect person for you. Christine's company makes amazing tennis rackets. They do this, this, and this. I know that she's got the best, you know, rates in the business. I'm going to hook you up with Christine. So they're that kind of person. They're the one that is normally in the field similar to you and that is not leery about using their personal social capital to benefit another person. That's a big thing. When we talk about starting businesses or work or whatever, we talk about monetary capital. Social capital is just as big, if not bigger. So for somebody to, you know, as the kids say, co-sign you, that's huge. You know, like like rappers, you know, oh, I gave this person the cosign, you know, like it's a big deal when someone gives you that energy and puts your name out there along with their name. And so I think that's the idea of like a cheerleader, an advocate or a sponsor. So those are the three things that I think everybody needs. That's kind of my, my personal definition of those three things. I love what you're saying, Blanca, because I love using the idea of mentor as the yes and person in your life that you go, oh, yes, I love that. That That's the mentor, the coach. I love the football analogy that you gave because that's what we mostly think of when we think of coach. And one thing that you said that was interesting, I think, is that you asked the person, you, okay, you, so you want to make a touchdown so that that person also is clear about what they want. Exactly. That it's not the coach leading right. this, right? Because in sports, it's clear. We want to win the game or whatever. It's not always that clear in our lives. But I love that first question that that coach said, okay, so you want to make a touchdown. Here's, let's talk about how you're right. going to do that. What are the steps? And then third is this idea of whether you use the term advocate or sponsor or cheerleader. I love that idea of it's the the person that's speaking for you when you're not in the room, right. which has been so critical for people, especially women or minorities exactly. in the workforce, especially in big companies that are predominantly have people in power that may be all, let's say, white men or whoever right. it is that you have somebody that's also advocating or sponsoring you or cheerleading for right. you on your behalf when you're not there. Exactly. So, or what'd you say? Co-signing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
old. I like learning the, the terms the kids are using. <laughs> exactly. What the kids All say. right. So mentor, coach, advocate, or if you like sponsor, cheerleader, that's good too. So when you're talking to young people, what are you finding that they're looking for the most? Do you know? Do you have? Are there certain questions or things they want from you? It's funny because at this summit that I just did, the Revolt Summit this past weekend, where I served as a mentor, the Revolt Summit is a summit that's been going on probably for about five or six years now. Puffy, Sean, PDD Combs bought Revolt Television, which is a cable station, and it's known for being kind of ruckus, very much enmeshed in the hip hop world. And so it's meant to rival like Spike TV. So he started that, and then he started having a conference or a summit annually that combined music, film, video, production, dance, and then also bought a bunch of youth from around the U.S., actually from around the world. I met a girl who came in from London, from around the world, to come to talk about the entertainment industry and how they can be a part of it and get mentoring, get information, networking, and also have a good time at the end of the evening. So it's kind of like in air quotes, an urban South by Southwest. And it's normally held in Atlanta. So I was asked to be a mentor and have office hours. And so it was speed mentoring. So for two hours, every 10 minutes, a new person came in, a new young person came in and you kind of sat with them. So it was very quick and dirty. One of the things that I noticed that was like very fascinating to me they all were really clear that they needed a mentor. So I think that word is the thing that sticks most, even with young people. And they had the idea of a coach and a mentor kind of intertwined in their mind. So when we sat and talked and we bought out all of those things, we're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. So their biggest thing was, I'll say this, their thing is finding a mentor. But their idea of a mentor also is a bit skewed from youth, I think. Their idea of a mentor, literally, most of them were looking for an advocate or a sponsor. That's what they were really wanting. That's the thing that they think is going to get them to the next level. They're like, I need to find somebody who's going to get me a job. I need to find somebody who's going to help me push my fashion line. I need to find, I was like, okay, that's a little bit different than a mentor. A mentor does not necessarily get you a job, a mentor does not necessarily push your fashion line. A mentor is one you can talk to through problems. I'm having a problem finding capital for my you know, company. Oh, well, when I did it, I looked at this. I looked at that. I went to this thing. That's more. And so trying to explain that to them and then get them to think about more specific things. Then half the time I realize actually you're looking for a coach or you're looking for a sponsor advocate you know, cheerleader kind of person. So that was one of the things that I saw mainly in that they have also, mostly because of youth, I'm sure, they had a hard time connecting the dots of passion and profession. They really couldn't figure that out. And I think that's the kind of thing that a, a good mentor would be able to help you to do. So one young man, he was in law school for tax law, but he's at this summit. He's like, but I love entertainment. I'm trying to decide, should I become an entertainment lawyer and give up tax law? He's like, but there's so much money in tax law. It's guaranteed. Entertainment law. I got to do all these things. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Have you ever thought about becoming a tax lawyer for entertainers? He was like, what? 
I was like, haven't you heard of Willie Nelson and Lauren Hill, Wesley Snipes? Like they all went to jail for tax evasion of some sort. Like it's huge. You can make so much stinking money combining the two things that you really love and have a purpose for. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I'm done now. He's like, I'm done. This is it. You know? So I think that's a big one for them looking at how they can turn that passion into a profession. So many of them are monetarily driven, rightfully so, but also have a creative side. And a lot of them don't know how to mesh that. And I think that is where a good mentor in general could come in in helping have those kind of conversations. Yeah. I mean, that was 10 minutes. He got a, he got a powerful, <laughs> powerful 10 minutes. Uh, but yeah, I think we take that for granted, you know, and that's just being able to talk through these things with folks. That's, I think that's great that that summit offers that and gets folks like you in there to help people. That's an interesting awareness. And as someone, and I know you have young people in your life, you have two, uh, well, they're not, are they even teenagers anymore? They're adults. Are you kidding me? Wow. Chase just turned 22 today. No. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. and, and Blake will be 26 next okay. month. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have young adults mm-hmm. and I, mine are almost young adults. And I hope because they don't always think to ask their parents about this no. stuff or we don't know about this stuff. I hope there's other people who are mentors, coaches, cheerleaders, you know, for them in their lives as well. So I think it's great that you're able to do that for others. Is there any advice that you would give to people who are managers in companies or, you know, leadership roles in companies of how to help with these three buckets for their young employees? I think a lot of companies are starting mentoring programs inside their companies. And I know we work at a company, sometimes you think that's more work than I want to do for myself. Like I already have to do this thing that I'm charged with and get paid for. But now you're asking me to mentor somebody else, to work with somebody else. We had an internal initiative at our office that works, you know, really well, I believe. And I think more and more companies should be doing that because it only strengthens your internal teams it really helps set up the next level of employees for you. It is time consuming and you have to be mindful of people's time, particularly the people that you want to mentor. They probably have a full plate already. And so I think you have to figure out exactly how to do that so that it works for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting. We've helped some companies set up their mentorship programs and that you're exactly right. The thing that everybody panics about is from the mentor aspect, here you are taking your very valuable employees, right? Who you have groomed and have matured and have are your producers yep. in many cases of your most profitable business lines. And you are now taking away some of their time with clients or their job to do this quote unquote other job. Which, in fact, if you boil it down, that is exactly what their job should be, is creating that leadership pipeline and really 
you're working towards your future. It's actually not even that far off because what happens no. in those mentorship programs that are done well and are set up well and people are trained early on of this is the role of the mentor, this is the role of the mentee, this is how, and you kind of set them off and then you check in with them. What happens is the pe- those mentees, their work satisfaction numbers go through the roof. Yes. And surprisingly, so do the mentors because we get something out of giving, right? And because usually later on in our career, I always say early in your career, you're striving. Your focus is striving, trying to move up in your career. Later in our careers, which we're getting to now, is the legacy portion Mm -hmm. of our careers where we want to be sure that what we have done in this world is going to have an impact for years beyond us. And there's no better way than some sort of mentorship program where you can give that gift to both your those employees and create your leadership pipeline and your succession plans and, you know, all, and also reduce uh, turnover and all of those things. And I think what you just said is one of the critical pieces that sometimes gets left out when creating these programs. They focus in trying to convince people to do this, that, okay, it's the next pipeline coming up. That's where the real focus is. It's the next batch of people, which is super important. However, If I am a person who's struggled hard to get to where I am, my ego may kick in at this moment to say, well, do I want to give out all the, you know, the Colonel's secret recipe to this next batch? So that's a little, and you won't say it out loud, but that might be a little kernel of ego in there why a lot of people have that problem. Now, the layer on top of that that you just said that hopefully can quash the ego a little bit is no, it's really about your legacy. That's what feeds the ego enough Mm. to, I think, overlap that part that's a little fearful that this person's going to take my job. If you really, you know, the messaging has to be double layered. It is about that, but it's also about you, mentor, and how you leave your mark in this company and how you leave your mark in this world. That usually works for people. So I've seen that, you know, kind of happen in both ways but they don't want to give away the secret sauce. But then as soon as you tell them, you can be a hero, you're going to be remembered for this thing, that kind of evens it out a little bit. Yeah. And I also love that idea that was mentioned about you just naturally become an advocate for that person. Yes. You know, you're naturally in the room when that person's name comes up and you're like, yeah, she's a hard worker or we really should look at her for this opportunity or advocating with her like, hey, come on, this opportunity's up. You need to apply for this or put yourself in the ring right. uh, where she's like, I don't know, you know, if I'm really qualified, you'd be like, yes, you're 90% qualified. That's good enough. Like, exactly. Out there. I think also one of the things we find with the mentorship programs that work is that they try to set up in the beginning, like to the mentees, you need to take the lead in this. You need to ask for the time. You need to say, can I get some coffee with you? You need to be pushing for your own growth rather than putting all the onus on the mentor who feels like, well, I have people that report to me already that need my attention. Right. If you're not going to really be hungry for this, then maybe I need to put my attention elsewhere. And so I think with young people is to say, no, no, ask for it. Advocate for yourself. You know, we'll, you're more likely to get somebody to believe in you if you really risk a little bit, but be courageous. Exactly. Because I hate to say it, but, you know, no one in a 
position of power has time to beg someone else for another meeting. Plain and simple. It just, you know, like, it's not happening. (laughs) It's not happening. I don't have time to beg somebody to meet with me. Or I don't have time to help prepare for somebody for a meeting that we're having. And so that's one of the things that I spoke with the kids about this weekend. They're young adults. They're not kids. But when you're having meetings with mentors, make sure that you're ready. You're prepared. You go in there ready to go with some goals of your own, questions of your own, all of those things. Because they're sitting there looking at you like, okay, what would you like from me? And you got to come in ready to go because you might only have 10 minutes. You might get 30. They're very, very busy. And you have to make all of that time count. It can't just be, you know, hey, so come and sit at the desk. Hi, how's it going? Like, no, they've already had that conversation 10 times today. You come in with a list and an agenda. And that was one of the things that I really loved about this conference. I've done this kind of thing before. They were so on it. They come in, they're like, this is, you know, this is X person. You have 10 minutes X and do you have your list of questions? And they all had their little list. They prepped them really well ahead of time. They all had a list of questions. And then they come in like, you have two minutes left. And then they're just like, okay, 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 you know. And I think they got that in. And that's another thing about creating mentoring programs. The initial regular meetings don't have to be insanely long. They shouldn't be that long. They really shouldn't be. They should be short to keep everybody interested and keep everybody motivated to do it. If somebody who's very busy sees that they have like an hour and a half meeting once a week on their calendar, they would not do it. They wouldn't volunteer for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I love that. Even that 10 minutes was so jam-packed because they exactly. were prepared. They're like, prepared. prepared. Even in, we do a lot of coaching, as you know, and in the coaching sessions that I have, many of them are half an hour. And yes. it's plenty of time because yep. those folks come ready. And the ones that really come ready, like that are like, okay, Christine, I want to work on, I want to become a business development person. I want exactly. to become this. Then I'm like, okay, let's work with that. All right, let's yep. take some steps. What steps are you taking? What do you want to do? What can you do this week? And we get right to it. The people that come in and are like, hi, how, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? Okay. What's happening right now? Well, uh, nothing, nothing much has changed since last right. time, but this is valuable time for both of us. Yes. Like to invest in yourself enough to prepare a little bit for this. Exactly. And your company's investing in this or either yeah. you're investing in it personally, like literally with your money, Yeah. with your money, you would hate to go to a beautician. And sit there and they're just chopping it up for the first 45 minutes. You know, like, okay, I'm going to need you to get it going. A mechanic, you know, you've paid him to fix your car. And he's just like, want a cup of Joe? Want to see the latest popular mechanics that came in? Like, no, he's going to, okay. And you want them to get it going. because you <laughs> you just said popular mechanics. Whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you have to be prepared. You have to go in there and say, my engine is broken. What are you going to do to fix it? And he should be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Time frame is this. Call me back on Tuesday. Part should be in. I'm ordering it. And that's how that should go. If it doesn't go that way, you're like, what am I doing this for? Mentoring is the exact same way. Coaching is the exact same way, or it should be the same way. You're going in, you're spending time, and you need to make sure that that time is valuable on your end and on your mentors in. I love it. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. 
but I want you to think about, is there any, like, what is the best advice that you've either gotten or you've given? Ooh. Um, I think I'll start with the given. Okay. Um, particularly around this topic. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about, and particularly for me, being a Black female, everybody gets a mentor and an advocate or a cheerleader kind of person, and they look just like you. And it makes sense. It's natural. In your mind, it's natural for that to be a thing. A mentor, as I said, it's somebody you can go to, you can chat with, they're going to you know, give you some advice, da-da-da, and that's great. And so another Black woman, I would think in my mind, and I have, gives me great advice from that perspective, because a lot of the things that I may have to deal with at work are going to be built in around those things. So it's, that's very helpful. Same thing for an advocate or a cheerleader kind of person. You know, they're going to be a person like, yeah, I'll put her name out there. They're willing to risk their social capital for me. Now, the advice is have one of those two things as well that looks like nothing like you, period. So for me, it would make sense for me to have potentially a white male mentor and a white male advocate slash cheerleader sponsor person. And the reason why is, one, they have a completely different perspective. It's sometimes their statements, their ideas, their advice for you is going to be counter to what you think or want, but it may be just as valuable as the other hand that says and knows you pretty well. They may stretch you outside of your comfort zone, whereas someone who knows you really well and essentially is you in a certain kind of way may not, may not even think to do. They may ask you questions that you've never even thought to ask of yourself. And then the same thing, almost even more valuable, is having an additional advocate that doesn't look like you because nine times out of 10, they're in different rooms than you are. They have a different social circle than you do. So maybe for me, it's I could even potentially have an advocate that's a young white lady, you know, who's much younger than me. I'm not going to the conferences she's going to. I'm not going to the parties she's going to. Not going to happen. But if someone at the party, which is actually kind of great, I just thought about advice to my own self, someone at the party is really young. It's like, I need a coach. Oh my God, my boss is such a pain in the neck. I need to find myself a coach. Now, she could go, you know what? Blanca, this woman that I know, she'd be a good coach for you. But I'm never going to be in the room with, in theory, never is a big word, but I probably will not be in a room with 30 young, you know, women, 30-year-old young women. So I think it's very, that's one of my favorite pieces of advice when people are talking you know, about this subject, the coach. I mean, it's great. Everybody's got one. Like, oh, yeah, I have one. Da, da, da. She, she's an alumni at my school and blah, 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 blah. She's in the same fraternity, I mean, same sorority that I'm in. All those things. Yay. But you need to find something outside of that to help you grow and stretch you in different ways that you may not think of. Great. I love that. Someone that's that looks like you, that can understand you, and then someone that maybe doesn't, that then makes sh- shakes you up a little bit and makes mm-hmm. you look at things differently. I love that. All right, now, any some bit of great advice that someone gave you somewhere along the line? My that came from one of my biggest mentors in life, 
she was my professor uh, at Howard. And I had gone through undergrad, doing things with her, being a TA with her, then grad school. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do my PhD here. And it's going to be great. It's her and another professor as well. The other professor is like a legend at Howard. Had been there since the buildings were built. She, she'd probably hate me if I said that, but forever. And everybody's always afraid to take her class. Everybody's like, oh, you're taking her class? Oh, God. And they were my two mentors. You know, they were two women that I looked up dramatically. And I remember, I'm like, okay. They're like, okay, what's next? And I was like, I'm going to, you know, apply to the PhD program here, get my PhD, blah, 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 blah. And they were both like, nope. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, no, you can't do that here. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, you have to find a place for you to fly without anybody, you know, being there to catch you. And I was like, well, that's not fair. They're like, if you're here, you're going to run to us for everything. If you're here, of course you can get a job easily because we're going to give you a job. Everything has been so easy and so lined up for you here, and you've done great at it, but you need to really, if you really want to see if you can do this, if this is really for you, you need to go out in the world and test and see if this is right for you and fly with your own wind, period. And I thought, I was like, it was the scariest thing ever. I didn't want to do it. I was uber comfortable in my little office and my little, you know, like I had mentees, like I was 22. I already had, I had mentees. I had a little group of people who thought I was like this God, science God who would come to me. Oh, please. You know, like I loved it. It was awesome. You know, I had older faculty who had created a name for myself there. It was amazing. And they were like, yeah, this is great here. But if you think you want to do this, go out into the world and see if it really, really is for you. And that was the best piece of advice because I went out into the world. I went to three, I went to NIH. I went to, uh, I worked at Georgetown. And then when I went to grad school and I realized it wasn't for me. I realized that my whole, that whole career, it really wasn't for me. What it was, which was beautiful, was that community was for me and was amazing. But having to do it in a different place. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not that moved by this thing that I'm doing. I'm not that moved by this work, not enough to you know, keep going. And so I think people get very comfortable in a place and they get comfortable. And I can honestly say this, having been at this job for almost 25 years, you get comfortable in a place, but I do know that here, this is way more than that. Like this is life altering work that I do and I appreciate it and I've grown in it. And that was their main thing that like, we don't know how far you can grow here. If you're going to grow, we don't know how far you can do that here in this little cocoon that you've created. Sometimes comfort becomes a hindrance and you've got to go out in the world and figure out how you can grow on your own with your own wind and see if things are right for you. I love that. What, a, what an act of love. Yeah. Truly. Cause I'm sure they didn't want to let you go either. Right. But nope. It's like parents, you have, you mm -hmm. know that, you know, you, you got to let them fly. So I love that. And I also, as we wrap up here, I just want to let people know, because it's so obvious to me and I'm sure to the listeners now, how much of a true leader you are in all senses of that word. Um, and we work at a leadership program, so that's you know, <laughs> difficult, uh, but you have a lot of leaders around you, but I, just to let everyone know in Blanca's reviews and her annual performance reviews. 
Yeah, I'm going to out you here. Year right. after year after year, she would say to me, well, I'm really not a leader. Like I'm a, I'm a good, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. But you know what? Just keep your word leadership away from me because <laughs> I'm not really a leader like so-and-so is or so-and-so is or so-and-so is. And I would just be like, what? And I'd be like, yes, you are. But there was no part of her that was letting that word come, come into your skin. And it's nothing makes me prouder is watching you embody it so much now. And it's like, we call her Electra anyway, because she has an electrical force <laughs> going through her body. And it's like, now I'm, I can see how that affects so many people in such a profound way. And I'm so lucky to be around you. Blanca and I used to sit next to each, across from each other for more than 10 years, but, and now she's back in Atlanta. So I miss her. So it's fun to sit here across from you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you, Madam Leader. It's Blanca Wingfield here. We'll have her again for sure. But I hope you learned something today about the importance of having mentors, coaches, and advocates in your life. Thanks for listening to Stepping Into Your Leadership. If you liked it, please write in the comments or follow us so that you can get more information about who we are. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey everybody, Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease, and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sale is open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.